My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, today we celebrate the birth of our Blessed Lady, the Holy Theotokos. And the history readings are all about uh, obedience and service. And I want to talk about service. If we are a slave, and that swish is in the Slavonic text, that means you are subjected to somebody else. And uh, we have to ask ourselves, well, being a slave seems to be very uh, base, the way talk people talk about it. But you have to remember, if you're a servant, your dignity comes from not the fact that you're a servant, but to whom you serve. When you watch those English films, I watch them all the time because this English is excellent. And we find out there are many, many people that go into service in a upper class household. Or you might be in service in a Say in the Buckingham Palace with the king. You might be in service in a little monastery in the Blue Mountains. You might be in service in a great cathedral. So being a slave is not necessarily a bad thing. Or you may be a slave of sin to the flesh. And that is a bad thing. What do you serve? Who are you serving? Uh, our Blessed Lady is not called a servant in the Gospel. Interesting. But she did say to the angel when he came to her, let it be done to me according to your word. And he said to her, the child you shall conceive will be called son of God. She certainly was a slave. For if you serve of the Holy Trinity, there's no higher dignity than being that type of servant. So I say again, your dignity comes from the ones you serve. And not from some intrinsic value you have in yourself. That's pride. So we read in all the, this new icon we have over there. It's not lit today. I don't know why didn't light it. But it has, it's a, uh, a decoupage, it's a traditional decoupage, so to speak of the different classes of saints, and you can look at that. And they're surrounding uh, an icon of the Holy Theotokos and the Christ Child. And I call this icon the synaxis of the saints, the gathering of the saints. The church is the gathering of the saints, but they're all servants to God. But depend upon the one you serve, you have dignity. 
So I don't go to the bishop and say you're a slave, but he is. He's a servant to the Holy Trinity and to the people of God. And that's where he gets his dignity from, as being a bishop. Not from the office itself, which is a high office, but to whom it serves. Because he has holy orders, he's part of the very body of the church. And the body of the church is Christ. So in the Western church, when they ordain a priest or a bishop, they saw another Christ. They call him another Christ. Interesting. So service in itself, or being a slave, is not a bad thing, depending upon what you're serving. So when I was in the military, I took an oath in the United States of America and to uh, obey the Constitution. And implicit in that was also the uh, Uniform Code of Military Justice. So I was really had, wasn't I? I was owned. And I learned that in a very funny way. I've told you this before, but I was out riding my bicycle because you had to really be in shape in those days. Still they do. Uh, they always told us our, when we're in uniform, we're out, we should look well and not be a scandal to our, the citizens of the country whom we serve. So we always had to keep in shape and dress properly and do those things. So anyway, I was riding a bicycle. I'd come home at 4.30 and I'd ride my bike. And I'd go through this little, this little uh, town, Ellensburg. <clears throat> It's right behind uh, the, uh, the, my little house was right behind the Catholic Church there. I like that, because I knew the Blessed Sacrament was there. But I also kept the Blessed Sacrament in my own chapel. And uh, I was out riding, and uh, a little dog came up. And, uh, he bit me. Not too bad. It's just like a poke, you know, but it was bleeding. So I went back to the house and got in my car and drove to the base, to the base hospital. And then uh, they fixed me up and gave me, they said, well, they had to have a, gave me some kind of medication and they were going to, they had to get the dog. So anyway, uh, I knew why they had to have the dog. He said, you have to take us where that dog bit you. The military police, they put me in the military police car. They had two uh, military police there. And they drove me out to show them where the house was, where this little baby dog, you know, it wasn't very mature, had bit me. They knocked on the door. This very young married couple came to the door. And they told them that their dog had discovered, had destroyed government property. Well, I didn't really realize that it was government property. That would seem to be strange to me. But after all, I did take all these oaths and everything. I was just part of the property of the government. A slave. A slave. 
explains that all sorts of rank and everything, you know. Where did I derive my dignity from? I was serving the United States of America and my president. That made me important. So important that they took this dog away. They killed the dog and examined his brain to make sure it did not have rabies. Because if it did, I would have to take a series of shots. Now that's a very graphic example. But remember who you serve gives you your dignity. It's not that you're so great, but who you serve. There's no higher person you can serve except Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ serves his Father to de unto death, it says in Scripture, to death on the cross. And he died there, the very Prince and King, the Son of the Father. And before this, because of this, he was risen up over all other things in all glory. The service is a very important thing. Now today I we are talking about the Holy Theotokos, but I'm trying to give you this notion. She was not born a slave. Generations of generations of holy Hebrew people, families, had prepared for the Messiah, and they knew the Messiah had to come from a young girl. They weren't so sure what the Messiah was going to be like. And so each family that had girls in the family, their dignity came from the fact that one of them might be the mother of the Messiah. That grave gave women a very high dignity, especially in Christianity. Her motherhood is looked upon as a gift from God. And we gentlemen have to remember the dignity of women, especially when some of them act so poorly in our society. Don't judge by that. Judge by the standard, the Holy Theotokos. And be careful how you treat your mother. If you get married, be very careful how you treat your wife. They have a great dignity. I was raised by a southern family on my mother's side. And that's the first thing they taught us was about the dignity of women. So I was in the backyard in my grandmother's house, my grandmother Wells, she was a southerner, first down of Virginia. As a little girl, I was playing with a little girl in the backyard, and my grandmother was out, and I knocked the girl down. I was just playing. I was called to the house, and I was whipped. She says, that's no longer how you treat little girls. From that, I learned that I had to remember the dignity of womanhood and not be a brute or talk about them like they're slattles or slaves or objects of entertainment or any of those things. 
especially in our Christian faith, womanhood is a very high standard because the mother of God was a woman, because she has daughters, because we should... Now, you, you must treat your children, your female children, their dignity, and they must not be abused. And you must treat your mother very special, and all the women. So in the Southern tradition, we were all raised to be gentlemen. Of course, that was further magnified by uh, when I was made an officer. I was made an officer and a gentleman by the United, President of the United States of America. That means you have an obligation to act like a gentleman. Our blessed lady is the queen of heaven and earth, and her mother and father were very special, and they raised her special. She was raised in the temple. before she came into her mother, her womanly way. She was, angels fed her special food. When they had to find a husband for her, to betroth her, someone to take care of her, it was Saint Joseph. And the high priest in the temple called all the men of her tribe and to see who was going to take care of this, this virgin. Well, they used to carry a staff. Gentlemen carry a staff. In England, gentlemen carry a cane. I carry a cane because I can't stand up too well. But anyway, I could carry a cane. All dignified gentlemen have some kind of a symbol of their dignity, usually it's a cane. Bishops have crosiers. Archpriests have staffs. Now, when they came to the temple with their canes or their staffs, the high priest put them on the altar and he prayed to God to show him which one of these men would be the one that would take care of the virgin. And uh, he picked one cane up and it bloomed. A lily. And you see that in St. Joseph's pictures. I don't know. Yes, he has it there. And he was chosen the chosen one by God the Father. He didn't like the job, it was very confusing. But he was a careful, beautiful man who lived a beautiful life and God chose him to take care of the Virgin. She needed special care as she was gonna be the mother of the Savior. Joachim and Anna were very religious people. 
the little girl that was born to her, they did not live to raise. She was taken outside of, uh, to the temple in the court of the virgins. And she was fed and taken care of there in a very special way that angels fed her. This is whose birth we celebrate today. No one like anybody else. No one is holy, as pure, as beautiful, of such a high vocation. All this was given to her because she was to be the mother of the great high priest. Well, we monks hear these stories all the time when we read the office and matins and the legends and truths and the interpretation of the scripture by the father of the church deepen our faith. A day like this, no matter how we celebrate the day, it's never adequate enough because with the birth of the virgin, the doorway of heaven is open. She will be the gate of heaven in the birth of the Savior. Now, there's some things you can do about your own life. Number one, we are Eastern Catholics, but we do say the rosary. I was raised with the rosary. Some new start Eastern Catholics say, well, the Eastern Catholics don't say the rosary. They do, especially European ones, especially in my family. Because it's honor the Holy Theotokos. But you can say in Akathis. You have some type of devotion to Our Lady everywhere. Now, you gentlemen, you can really serve the Lady by preserving your purity, the imitation of her son and her purity. And she will help you with that. But not if you don't pray. And ladies, we always assume that they are pure. We always assume that they're not to be dishonored. Because if you marry one, you want a pure child. But you should be pure too. The Catholic Church is one place where purely it was held, is held very highly. From the very beginning, from Athanasius and Chrysostom and Basil, they all wrote about it. They wanted a pure heart to give to God a pure life. That's why the Catholic Church consecrated virginity, celibacy, is considered a great personal gift to God. I know what you hear outside the doors of this church. I know what you hear when you go downtown. I know what you see in the movies. Those are the corruptors of your life. You have one gift to give to God, yourself. 
You have one gift to give to a woman, yourself. Save yourself. Be pure for that moment when you marry and consummate that marriage. Better, you don't consecrate anything. You just consecrate yourself to God and live a pure life. Almost in our society, marital life is almost a joke. And only, no one ever considers truly the dedicated life of monasticism. We're sort of odd characters. But the odd characters are not here. They're out there. And they're, they're jeopardizing their eternal salvation. You must be the slujbu, the slave of God, in loving service to the Holy Trinity, in imitation of the Holy Mother of God and St. Joseph. Then you can be called a Catholic gentleman. Name the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.